0: For you guys that use the SAP Cloud Platform SDK for iOS, let's talk about online OData. Hi, I'm Ian Thane. Welcome to SAP Code Talk. And I'm really pleased to have my old colleague, Dare I say it, oh, we've, Evan, we've known each other for ages. Evan Island from, from New Zealand, thank you for joining me. Hi Ian, I should probably
1: just say a little about myself. I'm working as a development architect on the data APIs, and um, I've been involved with enterprise mobility for the last 10 years or so. Uh, client and server uh, aspects of mobility, so um,
0: that's what I do. You're the man to speak to. And as I, say, as I say, an old colleague because we were both Sybase colleagues many years ago. We've transitioned to SAP now. And I'm so pleased that we interact again on the, the, the on the concepts and discussions to do with mobile. So Evan, yeah. we're going to talk about uh, online OData. So let's start with a question. Let's, let's get the ball rolling. Can you give me uh, an overview of the SAP OData? Sure. Um, SAPO
1: data has two main components. The uh, first component is a class library or a framework uh, using uh, the Swift language. It gives high-level APIs for making OData requests. So your CRUD operations or create, read, update, and delete operations, if you're not familiar with that term. And also action and function imports, which are like remote procedure calls in uh, OData. So this um, gives us a high level uh, API or a set of high level APIs that hide the details of the OData protocol. So we have uh, data service, data query, request batch, uh, some of the important APIs. And what do these take care of for us? Uh, Some of the stuff that is a bit tricky with OData, like parsing the uh, service metadata, the OData CSDL. Um, Handling URL conventions for making queries, so you don't have to worry about what are all the fancy rules for making OData URLs. Uh, Handling the network layer, the HTTP uh, request and response handling, and the formatting, uh, Atom or JSON format for the payload and request and responses. The library takes care of all that for you. Now, I mentioned there were two main components of SAP OData. The second part is a code generator or a proxy compiler. And this generates classes for you. It generates source code, uh, strongly typed proxy classes. It generates them from your OData service metadata. And you use those proxy classes together with the library uh, when you're making your OData requests. So to give an example, for every entity type in your OData model, you'll get a class. It'll have properties and they'll have the appropriate type like a string or an int or a double or a date or whatever. Now, why is this useful? It really helps you speed up development because you've got code completion wizards telling you what are the available properties on your entity types and what are the available entity types, obviously. And it helps us find a lot of bugs at compile time because with strong typing, you're gonna get error or warning messages from the compiler if you've done certain things wrong anyway. And I can elaborate a bit more on this later on. There's another question where I can talk more about that. But uh, that's the general gist of SAP OData. Anyway, a class
0: library for OData and, and code-generated classes. So that code generator is something that you can uh, you can fire off from, I guess, the command line. But also, I'm guessing, the same code generator is used in the SDK Assistant, correct? That's correct, absolutely okay cool so what's the purpose of the data service api the data service api
1: okay well that's our main api for sending OData data requests and to the server and receiving the responses and this api encapsulates something else that we call a data service provider and there are two kinds of data service provider in the sdk an online data provider, and an offline data provider. So I'm mainly talking to you about online. Mm-hmm. The point of this is the data service encapsulates the provider in such a way that most of what you do is achieved with the data service API without concern for whether you're online or offline. Okay. So if you were to switch your provider from an online provider to offline, your application code could be the same, which is Quite helpful mm-hmm. uh, one one set of things to learn how to make queries and how to issue updates and so on there are a few things that are going to be specific to your provider like how to enable certain kinds of tracing or whatever but but um, in, in, largely speaking the data service encapsulates the provider and the basic functions are available in a way that's independent of the mode of uh, connectivity uh, the data service supports OData versions two, three, and four. Uh, we don't support OData version one. Mm-hmm. Services out there that use such an old version of OData, so uh, we don't have enough basis for testing it. To to uh, so we don't certify it for version one, and it probably won't work for version one. Okay. Um, the data service API also gives you runtime access to the service metadata that's been parsed for you. And that allows you to create metadata driven applications and i can talk a bit more about that later on as well metadata driven applications
0: okay okay uh, so we've got the data service api what about the data query
1: okay well um this is what if you're familiar with the term of a fluent api um so you use this to construct query urls but you're not really thinking in terms of a URL, when you use data query, you're just creating a query object. Mm -hmm. So if you're familiar with SQL, if you read an expression to construct a data query, it'll read a bit like SQL. Uh, If you're familiar with um, Microsoft Link, it'll look a bit like the kind of thing you do with Microsoft Link. Basically, you use an API to construct a query as an object and the data service will take care of actually turning that into a URL when it needs to to send to the server. So you're just working at a higher level than URLs. And what does this take care of for you? Things like um, percent encoding of Unicode characters that might appear in in your query parameters. If you're searching for names that contain, Mm -hmm. um, Chinese characters or Turkish or whatever it might be. Uh, If there are single quote marks in string literals, for example, apostrophes in people's surnames. Right. It'll make sure you don't get an invalid URL because it's knowing all the rules and can do it right for you. Um, in fact, we, we hadn't just, uh, to mention we had an internal team that had been working for some months on, uh, some software that had their own URL construction and they had the apostrophe handling missing. Ah, right, okay. So just something as simple as properly handling apostrophes in URLs, The Data Query API will take care of that for you, and you just focus on the high level. What is it you're trying to achieve? And we take care of the details. Now, this same API you can use for OData version two, three, and four, even though they have different URL conventions in OData for some of the data types. So you abstract yourself away from details of the OData version as well. Maybe you can do a version upgrade of your app. The service may change from OData 2 to OData 4 at the server, and you may find you have very little changes in your app. Try that if you're dealing with URLs and format and protocol from OData 2 to OData 4, and you'll probably discover that's not easy to do. So taking care of low-level details for you.
0: OK, so so we've, got, we've talked about the data service. We've talked about the, the data query. Obviously, you've got to request that. So what about request batch APIs?
1: OK, well, the two things you do with this. One is you want atomic transactions sometimes. You may want to um, also use it to improve performance. Mm-hmm. So in OData uh, lingo, transaction a change set. So a change set might be uh, a create, followed by an update, followed by a delete, and another update and you want it to be atomic, like a database transaction. So you use a request batch to to execute uh, change sets. You can actually put multiple change sets into one request batch, but each change set will be a separate transaction. just on the second point, if you're trying to improve performance, if you put multiple requests into a request batch, either change sets or data queries, then those go in a single request to the server and that allows you to cut network latency. And that's highly significant. I'll give you an example. If you don't use request batches and you have three queries, each one takes 20 milliseconds in the back end. And then you've got 300 millisecond latency over the cloud. That's what I see sometimes in my testing from New Zealand to Germany and over my cloud network connection. So uh, three queries might take one second to execute. Now, if you use a request batch, you can do 300 milliseconds plus three times 20, so about a one-third of a second for the same three queries over the cloud uh, network connection. So that's really uh, an important thing to consider for performance tuning of your app.
0: Uh, no, I knew that's why they, they kept you in New Zealand, but that sort of things for you to keep testing. <laughs> uh, so, so um, yeah, You mentioned right at the start of our code talk, um, the generation of proxy classes. And I also read some about the dynamic API. So how do you decide whether you're going to use one against the other? Okay, it's a great question. So if you're a data model in your application
1: or your service metadata, your OData service metadata, if that doesn't change frequently, and you're quite happy to ship a new version of your application when the data model changes, then you would probably want to take advantage of that productivity and compile time checking that you get from the strong typing of proxy classes. Mm -hmm. So you have a class that has a person entity type, uh, represents a person entity type, and it might have name, date of birth, and you can wire those properties up to UI controls to display the appropriate fields. But what if you wanted to write a metadata driven application? Uh, Sometimes we call these applications containers. Um, And an application like this can load some metadata it didn't know about in advance, you just give a URL for your service, gets the metadata, and maybe that application could allow you to start querying the data and making changes to the data without any application having been having any advanced knowledge of the particular data model you're working with, a kind of generic app, a kind of a viewer editor app, uh-huh. then you wouldn't be able to use proxy classes because they're not going to be known in advance for arbitrary metadata. So. Uh, Dynamic API is the part of our API you use for that kind of uh, metadata-driven application. Now, you'll probably find out there uh, schemes that look like proxy classes and schemes that look like dynamic APIs for OData and for other protocols. But what may be somewhat unique is that you can have a single application using both. Mm you can use proxy classes and the dynamic API. So you could make use of strong typing, and you can still use metadata discovery maybe to access annotations. You may have um, display labels as annotations in your metadata, and you may use the dynamic part of the API to pull the display labels out and feed into your UI layer, even though you've used proxy classes as well. And maybe you want to build some application framework for uh, presentation aspects that can use the dynamic uh, API uh, to display a form without you having to program a form with 10 edit fields because you've got 10 properties in your, in your entity. So your business logic might use the proxy classes, and your presentation might use the dynamic API based on metadata. So you can mix and
0: match, and that's fairly unique, I'd say excellent i'm glad you mentioned that because that was going to be my my last question evan thank you so much for joining me from new zealand i know it's late in the day for you early for me that's fine uh really like to extend the invite to possibly have you back again in the future talk a little bit more about uh online o data but again thank you for joining me and thanks ian yep it's been good to catch up